You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to the Skylight Books Podcast. My name is Nat. And I am so excited to welcome our guest today, Sonora Reyes, to talk about their new YA book, The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School. Sonora Reyes is a queer second-generation immigrant who attended a Catholic high school. They write fiction full of queer and Latinx characters in a variety of genres. Sonora is also the creator and host of Hashtag QPOC Chat, a monthly community-building Twitter chat for queer writers of color. They currently live in Arizona in a multi-generational family home with a small pack of dogs who run the place. You can visit them online at www.sonorareyes.com. Thanks so much for being here, Sonora. Thank you so much for having me. Um, do you want to start off by reading us a little something to introduce us to Yami and uh, and her world here? Okay, so chapter one is, thou shalt not trust a two-faced bitch. Seven years of bad luck can slurp my ass. It's been way too long since I punched something and that vanity had it coming. Stupid mirror. Stupid yummy. Whatever. Mirrors are overrated and punching them is underrated. I've never liked looking at myself anyway. Not because I don't think I'm cute. I mean, I am cute, objectively. But that's beside the point. I like this new reflection better. It's cracked enough that I'm hardly recognizable. Splintered in all the right places. I did that with my fist, who says I'm not tough. I don't run from a fight, as long as it's not, as long as it's with an inanimate object. I didn't punch the mirror hard enough to shatter it, but the pulsing in my knuckles tells me I hit it pretty hard. My chest swells at the accomplishment and so does my hand. Shit, that's a lot of blood. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. My hand is shaking and starting to drip, but I'm stuck. All I can think about is Bianca and the other thing I really shouldn't have done. Who quits their job just to avoid the possibility of running into an ex, not even an ex, an extraordinarily two-faced bitch, an ex-best friend who I'm ashamed to have ever had feelings for. Bianca's never been good at keeping secrets, so I don't know why I thought she'd keep this one to herself. It's my own fault for trusting her. Last time I saw her was when she outed me at the end of sophomore year. I was happy to never see her again, but today she just had to walk right into the coffee shop I work at, worked at. She has some nerve trying to confront me at work. It's not like I could defend myself. I never could against her. Because of her, I couldn't even make it a couple weeks into my summer job. So you're running away to Catholic school now? Are you that desperate to avoid me? Yes, desperate enough to quit my job too. Anything to keep from seeing her, anything. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep, that's like the first page or two. Um, so I really, I don't even know where to start because there is just something so joyful about reading a book that feel like you feel so seen in oh. reading. I'm so glad. <laughs> it just, it brought me so much joy and I have told so many people about it. Everyone that I went to Catholic high school with, <laughs> like, nice. you have to read this book. <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear just a little bit about um, like where Yami's story like came from when you when this idea became a book. And I'm sure I'm sure that that some people have written 
like stories in this world before, but this is the first one I've read. Um, and so just the, uh, the two, two ideas coming together of queerness and like real specifically Catholic religious high school, mm-hmm. um, where, uh, like when you decided I, I want to write this story, um, and I'm ready to write it. Yeah. Um, so it's actually kind of a funny story because I did not decide I was ready to write it. I actually just like, um, up until like 2018. So this was the first book I ever wrote. I wrote it in no, NaNoWriMo, no, National Novel Writing uh-huh. Month of 2018. And I wasn't going to write this book. I was going to write a fantasy <laughs> um, <laughs> because all of my ideas were like fantasy or sci-fi, but I decided to participate in National Novel Writing Month on like October 20th and I didn't have an outline I didn't have any research done I didn't have anything and I was like I don't have time to build a world I don't have time to make a magic system or do any research I so I have to write about something that I like intimately know right um so I thought I'll do something like quote easy which (laughs) it ended up not being easy at all but that's that was my mindset going in I was like this will be so easy because I know this experience I won't have to research um and then I ended up having to like therapize myself writing the book yeah like you're like this I know this it won't be hard and then trauma rains down on you (laughs) yeah I was like I was processing stuff I didn't even know I had to process I was like just it was really cathartic though, like writing this book. So it was a good thing, but it definitely wasn't something that was planned. It just kind of happened because I was like, I should write something that I know. (laughs) Yeah. And then there, this group of friends is, uh, one so much fun, like a ridiculous amount of fun. There are so many times, not just with the, with Yami and her group of friends, which includes Bo and David and Amber, um, and Hunter, I guess. A yeah. Bit. <laughs> um, our, our resident straight jock. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but also her brother, Caesar. And uh, there are so many times throughout this book that I just, I was laughing out loud um, when like <laughs> their antics, like there's so much, um, like you said, as someone who is no longer in high school, having to kind of relive some of the most horrible like points of high school. Um, but also knowing that that is a place where you made a lot of friends and you had a lot of like fun and beautiful relationships and specifically, um, Yanni's relationship with Bo and a lot of the, like the antics and like fun things that they do together. Yeah. Um, What, like, could you talk a little bit about, um, just kind of their relationship and how you built it? Cause it is. I won't say it's like a will they won't they it's a uh it's just a little bit there's antics that I don't want to spoil for anyone um (laughs) because they're so fun as you like go through the story but um their relationship is so is so sweet and like very coming of age and trying to figure yourself out and protect yourself not only as a queer person but as a queer person of color feeling even more vulnerable to just kind of everyone's opinion and like 
Yeah. Yami has a huge sense of self-preservation. Um, yeah. So I think um, basically in my mind when I was doing this, I feel like Yami's growth is really it's not centered around Bo, but Bo really is like an instrument for it. If that makes sense, like because yeah. Yami, Bo, Bo is a way that I could. She was something that I could use to um, force Yami to kind of just grow. And <clears throat> I guess how that works is because in the beginning, Yami is so afraid of being like Bo, but she, at the same time, because Bo is so unapologetic and unafraid and so, like, out and open and proud, and Yami is obviously very jealous of that and very, like, envious, but at the same time, she's afraid of that, and she doesn't want that for herself in the beginning, Um, and so as she kind of grows and learns more about herself and comes into herself more she's less and less afraid of it and which kind of allows her to be closer and closer to Bo as she's um getting over that fear you know and then there's also this um this kind of beautiful parallel where um like Yami is sort of using Bo for that growth but Bo is also using Yami for a certain kind of growth Mm-hmm. with um so Bo is uh Asian American and adopted she has two white parents and her parents have kind of tried to like uh surround her with her culture so that she feels at home and she feels seen um and Bo doesn't want to feel ungrateful but is kind of bothered by that in a certain way but doesn't want yeah. to say anything about it and um so the the incident of that is that um, Bo and her family take Yami to the Baile Folklorico and she sees her like in steeped in her culture and appreciating her culture and like that uh, that moment gives Bo the bravery and like and and also the jealousy moment of like you have a culture and you know what it is and you get to experience it and live it every day and mm-hmm. I don't know what mine is um and there's a very beautiful, beautiful moment uh, towards the end of the book where Bo kind of has a conversation with her parents. And it's sort of like a mirror of the, the queer conversation too, which was a beautiful, like a beautiful part of the book that I wasn't expecting to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so like, it was just very thoughtful. Um, and I loved that Bo got to kind of have a moment of bravery too yeah they definitely like learn from each other and like help each other grow so it's not just like yami using boat to grow it's like <laughs> yeah kind of like learn from each other and they're like each other's coils in a way um yeah like I kind of did that by accident like that wasn't in the plan but it just kind of happened and I'm really like glad that it <laughs> came through no it did and it was such like like I said it was a place that um like, cause a lot of, you could say like a lot of YA books and, um, and even like coming out books, which this isn't really that, like, it's not a, it can't be put into a, into a category, but it has those elements. And a lot of times we can feel like we're seeing the same like stories mm-hmm. over and over again. 
And there were so many parts of this book that I just like wasn't expecting. Um, and, <laughs> and we're so, uh, so like joyful and like made me appreciate so much about this story, including, and I, I don't know how we're going to talk about Caesar without ruining one of the main, like my jaw was <laughs> on the floor during that, <laughs> that first kind of like, uh, like story reveal, if we want to call it that. But, um, uh, I, we won't, I don't want to talk about it too much because I want people to like enjoy the story as it unfolds, but, um, Caesar and Yami's relationship is so, um, I have a younger brother too. So I think that also just hit me real hard. (laughs) Um, but, uh, in a similar dynamic, which is, um, I'd love to like talk about, I don't know if you have any siblings or younger siblings, but, um, like, a younger for an older sister a younger brother kind of being seen as the favorite and your parents really 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 like you need to take care of them you need to make sure they're not getting in trouble you need to make sure they're okay um and especially for like a teenage girl to feel so much like not only just pressure from the world around her but then from your family too to kind of hold things together Mm -hmm. um there's still Yami has her like resentments a little bit towards her brother, but not um, not to the point that it really strains their relationship. They have such a, a kind of beautiful fighting sibling relationship. And I'd love to uh, hear about how you built that in this story. Yeah, so I love Sasada so much. I feel like <laughs> he is probably my favorite character. I shouldn't say that because I love all of them, but... <laughs> he is he is so great he's like a little firecracker yeah he's so good and so funny and like I just I love him so much and I wanted so it's hard to say stuff without spoiling because this book originally was going to be very very different originally Sasada was supposed to be Yami's best friend um brother like best friend from the old school yeah um and then as I was writing it I was like no they have to be siblings like they have to be Um, so I made him her brother and then like the story just completely changed from there um so yeah it kind of happened by accident um it was yeah he was supposed I mean they were of course supposed to be like just as close like even if they were just friends but I think making him her brother just like gave me so much more opportunity for like just like shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, there are so and, many shenanigans in this book. If you love shenanigans, this is a book yes. for you 100%. <laughs> yeah, so it was actually an accident. I didn't mean to, <laughs> I set out to make him the best friend, but it changed very very quickly like I think before I even wrote the book like it was like while I was still outlining it I was like hmm I don't know if he can be best friends I think they need to be siblings yeah yeah (laughs) um and then I would I would love to hear about uh if you have a personal connection which I'm hoping and thinking maybe you do to uh specifically like beadwork and jewelry um which is what Yami's mom is like does um and is very good at and then Yami helps her and they she ends up set, like setting up an Etsy store for her as her like yeah. second job um 
but she makes this beautiful, beautiful like beadwork jewelry, which I just, I want to see. They're so beautifully described and I wish I could see them. Um, (laughs) But I'd love to hear like if you have a personal connection with, with that art too. Um, so I have family in Mexico who does the beadwork. I've never done it personally. Um, I, when I was little, I did, um, I was too little to like do anything of importance, but I was helping to cut the strings. So like, <laughs> I have like memories of it because um, my tia used to do um, beadwork. I don't know if she still does, but yeah, so I, it's not like a huge connection because it was a long time ago. I don't really remember super well, but I definitely wanted to, um, it, it kind of is another thing that kind of happened by accident of how I put that into the story because in the first draft, there was no beadwork. It was mm-hmm. just um, Yami. In the first draft, Yami just got sent to Catholic school with Cesar. And then in this draft, I was like, no, she has to want to go. She has to like convince her mom to let her go and she's going to pay for it herself and she's going to do this. And so the beadwork came as like a way to give her more agency to like pay for her own way. Um, So she's going to like help her mom with like beadwork and stuff. So that that also kind of came, I don't want to say as accident, but it came later. Yeah. The story. Yeah. And then, the provisions the story has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, there's tons of like moving parts and um, like I could, I can sort of imagine that because there's a lot of um, essentially we're in the time where like Yami and Cesar are at, Cath- at Slayton at Catholic school, but there's so much of um, like so much of the story relies on things that happened before. Mm-hmm. Um at their old school um and just in the past and so I could definitely see that like you would start writing something and know that uh like the reason that is happening is because something else happened and you could change Mm -hmm. sort of what the the catalyst moment was yeah yeah exactly (laughs) things definitely yeah because there's a lot of room yeah a lot of room for like moving pieces and things like that Mm-hmm. um and then uh I figured we could take just a minute to talk about Bianca uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> she only deserves a little bit of time yeah um, <laughs> uh but she uh so Bianca is also part of the reason that uh Yami wants to go to Catholic school um with Cesar because she Bianca was Yami's best friend uh and then she outed her at their old school. Um, and so par- again, part of Yami's like self-preservation is I can't be here anymore because there's no, um, like this space isn't safe for me anymore. And in addition to making her money so that she can go to pay her tuition to go to school, she's also completely like overwhelmed and stressed out about having enough money to support herself if her mom were to find out that she was gay and kick her out Mm -hmm. um so she's very kind of overwhelmed with her her safety and that that creates a little bit of a rift between her and her mom as well um but did you always did you want Bianca to stay like 
in the present part of the story too was that always kind of like a part of because she's around and Yami runs into her tries to go back to her to like maybe reconcile and be friends and then very quickly realizes that Bianca is not interested in being her friend and is not a nice person yeah Um, yeah that was actually also something that like was in revision so like uh this book has changed so much just from the first draft but like in the first draft Bianca was more of like a ghost like of the past yeah um and now she she's still not like super present but there are moments when you know like you said Yami goes and tries to make amends or you know when they see her at the mall or you know so it's just um I wanted to add a little bit more of Bianca, like just like a little bit, like a sprinkling um, where like you can kind of see that what happened before is still affecting Yami. And then Mm -hmm. when you see, I don't want to spoil anything, but it can also show how it's not affecting her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, when, um, well, and I feel like that that is definitely a part of like Yami's growth too, is she um she started to um like when she made friends that she knew and understood like wouldn't judge her, um, mm-hmm. or like would accept her and that she could feel like she could be open with and closer to. Like she realized how sort of insufficient her her friendship with Bianca was. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I like, we'll talk about it a little bit. You put a, a beautiful author's note in the beginning of the story um, as a content warning for people um, about um, some sensitive subjects that we'll also just like touch on a little bit because it's a, a part of the story that I want people to explore and find for themselves mm-hmm. um, when they read. But there's, there's always, there's so many stories um, and so many people's experiences about coming out to their parents. And I feel like the majority that we hear are like sad stories and like, those are the ones we focus on most of the time is um, trying to make sure that we can be there for kids when their parents kick them out and if they don't support them. And so we do see that with um, one of their friends from their old high school, Jamal, mm-hmm. um, who ends up staying with Yami and Cesar and their mom for a little bit when he gets kicked out. Um, and then Yami also, in a drunken moment, uh, <laughs> texts her dad, um, who previous to like the beginning of this story has been deported and is back in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and she he is kind of her favorite parent and uh, she idolizes him and she feels like he is the only one who understands her. Her phone calls with him are like the highlight of her day. He's the background on her phone. And she thinks if I'm going to come out to anyone, it's going to be him because he'll, he'll understand and he'll get me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that isn't what happens. And it is, uh, it is so like devastating to, to watch her kind of realize that's what's happening and then decide that she needs to fully like pivot and change her, her entire 
um, like life plan <laughs> almost an idea of what's going to happen next. So I'd love to hear kind of how you, um, how you decided how that story was going to play out in terms of her, her coming out and like which parent and how that dynamic was going to play. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I actually don't know if I decided it or if I was just writing and it just like happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I know that originally the dad didn't play so much of a role in the book mm -hmm. and now he's like huge. Um, yeah, he's, he's very important. Yeah, he's very important. Her and um, I think I wanted to show that like coming out doesn't have to be like all all sad or all happy you know like there's so much nuance and so much like diverse reactions that you get and it's not all going to be one reaction and even if you have some people who are not going to understand um it still can be a really like good thing um and I also want to say, just on the flip side of that, that because the book also talks about how it's okay not to come out and it's okay mm -hmm. to like just be, you know, you're not living a lie. You're not like being dishonest. It's just what you have to do to survive. And if you know that, if you know that that's what you need to survive, that's totally fine too. Um, and I think the beautiful thing with Yami's situation is that in her previous school, like she was outed against her will. And so she, by moving schools, gets to have a do-over and she gets to do it on her own terms. So no matter what reactions she gets, it's on her terms because she's deciding when to come out and she's deciding that she's ready whenever she comes out to like each individual person that she comes out to, because it's not just a one and done thing. So. Yeah. I think that she really gets to have like a second chance at that. And I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is, it is so cool. And it's also like you mentioned, um, like it's not a one and done thing. And she mentions that at one point, I think um, she's talking to Cesar and she's like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I came out to this person, this person, this person. And that's only like four people. Yeah. And there's so many more people that, that I would need to come out to if I was going to be like out. Yeah. Um, and that's so, that's so like overwhelming and exhausting. Um, and there's also that, that beautiful point in the book. Cause this, this can be a little bit of a spoiler, but it's okay. Out in the very beginning, Yami, uh, frighteningly and, uh, like in a reaction moment tells Bo that she's straight. <laughs> And oh so, yeah <laughs> so so she's lying to Bo. yeah in, oh in sorry you, you cut out a little bit oh um so uh yami tells Bo that she's straight in a moment of panic uh -huh. um <laughs> and uh then she has to keep that lie up in her yeah. in her her journey of self-preservation um and so as you were talking about um 
like not having to come out and it not being something that everyone has to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. She feels so bad. And when she does come out to vote, she apologizes and says like, aren't you mad at me for lying to you? And she's like, no, like I, you were taking care of yourself and that's like, and also I knew. <laughs> yeah, <she knew. laughs> yeah, I mean, Yami's not slick. She's not. <laughs> and that's, that was also a, um, like a wonderful character trait of hers that she was, she was always so um, concerned with like people finding out who she really was that she was so overwhelmed, um, like with everything she did, like she was so anxious about all of these things. And Cesar calls her out on it multiple times that like, no one is paying that much attention to you. Like you're, you're not slick. You're not like, no one is always talking about you. People are not always looking at you. Like you're not as important as you think you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And that I liked that sort of character trait of hers because it wasn't a, it wasn't a like egotistical thing. Um, it was really just when you're so hyper aware of everything that you're doing, you think mm-hmm. that everyone is always watching you and really no one is paying attention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I remember when I was younger, um, I used to, I, I was going to the beach with my mom on vacation. And I remember being like, oh, people are going to be looking at me because like, um, you know, like my body or whatever. And she's like, Sony, nobody cares. And I was like, wow, (laughs) nobody cares. (laughs) Like, yeah, like brain explosion. Like, I, I, I had never, it had never occurred to me that like people just don't care. Like, it's like I don't care what other people look at look like why would they care what I look like you know yeah that that sense of self-preservation can really just like it creates this sort of like bubble blinder around you where yeah you're just constantly like you feel like there are eyes on you all the time because your eyes are on you all the time exactly yeah and then I'd love to hear, uh, we talked a little bit about in the beginning, you said this was like a very cathartic experience, um, but if there were any things you kind of like either learned or little like discoveries um, that you made while you were writing um, or whether it was like if you did any research, even though this was a story that like you knew if you researched anything and you mm-hmm. kind of found some things out that you were like, oh, I, I didn't know that before. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. I definitely realized that a lot of the things that I experienced when I was in Catholic school was racism <laughs> um <laughs> and I didn't realize it at the time like I was totally oblivious to the fact that what I was experiencing was racism yeah and I didn't want Yami to be oblivious to it um mm-hmm. so I talked to some of my sisters and I was like tell me about like your experience in Catholic school too because like I wanted to compare notes I only went to Catholic school for one year and my older sister went for like all four years of high school um and then like so I wanted to compare notes as like um what you know like did you ever experience racism or did you ever experience this or that and like I just wanted because we weren't we 
we didn't really talk like that in high school. Like we weren't like in each other's friend groups or anything. Um, So I just didn't know. And we compared notes and I was like, oh, wow. So like people were racist and like, I didn't even notice because like the whole thing, like I know, okay. So Cesar has this twin, right? David, that everyone thinks that they look alike when they're not even the same like ethnicity. They're just both brown and short. Yeah. Yeah. And like that was me. Like I had a twin um in high school who was like, it was just we both were like brown and had big boobs and that was it. And like we didn't look anything alike at all. But she was my twin and everyone thought that we were related and people even thought that she was related to my sisters because I was related to them and so like it was it was ridiculous but like (laughs) I didn't realize at the time that like oh people are maybe a little racist about this but like I just embraced it I was like this is my twin yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's and also mentioning the like when they, they end up going to an anti-prom at the end and, uh, and Yami mentioned, she's like, yeah, I think every like non-white person is at this prom right now, all 23 of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cause there's not that many, at least no. when I went, there wasn't that many. And like when I went, even like a lot of the people that weren't white were like lighter skin. Mm-hmm um there were like some darker skinned people but for the most part it was like lighter skinned people of color when I yeah. went yeah there were like I think then, a grand total of like two black people and then like me and like one other like brown latina and then the rest of the latinas were like lighter like white yeah so, yeah it was it was a it was a time <laughs> It was definitely a time. And well, and also like my, my Catholic high school was not co-ed. It was all girls. Oh yeah. So it was, it was also a time. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a time for sure. And then uh, I would, uh, I'd love to hear um, kind of what your, what your hope for this book is like once it's, out in the world and people can pick it up and read it and like carry it around and share it with their friends like what do you hope the like this book does once it gets out there oh I really want it to reach people who need it I want people to feel seen by it and you know obviously I wouldn't be mad about like any like you know if it were to like hit a list or something like that that's great but like I think what I really want is for it to be seen by as many people as need it and I think that is also why like you know I chose this title and like Mm -hmm. you know it's like very like gay like (laughs) it's super gay you know like if you need something (laughs) like that you can find it you know yeah so I I just hope that it's a very like accessible gay read for people who want something like that (laughs) because I know that not everybody can read stuff that's like very like openly gay Mm -hmm. um like there's there's definitely like plenty of like covertly gay books out there and those are great but I think sometimes you just want to 
find what you're looking for exactly and like know that like this is gonna be this you know yeah so I hope that that works out for people (laughs) I I think it definitely will and it's also our our listeners obviously can't see but they will very soon it is a beautiful cover the cover is so gorgeous I forgot Um, they can't see (laughs) I know um could you tell us about who uh who did the art uh it's a portrait for our listeners it's a portrait of Yami um with some roses on it and the cover is bright yellow and it's just it's so beautiful yes I love it so much so Beth Hernandez did the art um and Jesse Gang did the design um I think they both did an amazing job (laughs) I love it so much (laughs) I know it is it really is like it's a I'm gonna say it it's a perfect cover it really is (laughs) I think so too (laughs) I know it is so it is so so good um and then I I always love to ask people um when we're closing up if there is any other work or writing or art or anything that is bringing you joy right now or filling you up or anyone else's work that you'd like to uplift yes um so like stuff I'm working on or some other like reading okay um so I am I just got done revising my second book which comes out next year um and I'm really enjoying that one. It's, I can't say too much about it, but it is a like queer revenge, like Me Too kind of revenge book um, with an autistic protagonist. So I'm very excited for that to come out. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. And then uh, what am I reading? Um, I, I just um, read for a blurb um Johnny Garzavia's book it's called Andran Santi We're Here and it is really good it has a non-binary protagonist um dating an undocumented love interest and it is very good I love it yay We'll have to keep our eyes out for that one. And so excited to hear that you have something else in the works that we can look forward to. Um, We will definitely keep our eyes and ears out for that. Um, Thank you again so much for taking the time to chat with me. For all of our listeners, my guest today was Sonora Reyes, author of the new book, which will be out when everybody hears this, uh, The Lesbianist Guide to Catholic School. And you can purchase it at Skylight Books or online at skylightbooks.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.